Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Maybe I don't really want to know how you got in girls. Cause I just want to fly lately. Did you ever feel the pain in the morning rain? I just soaked you to the bone. Maybe I just want to fly. What a song! Right, Bondus? Wastes, baby! Rock and roll, mister. The last great rock band. I disagree with that one, but tell me, you tell me a better, not rock. I said rock and roll. You tell me a better rock and roll band that put out a record. Foo Fighters. They're not a rock and roll band. What? <laughs> a rock and roll band. Oh, you're so wrong. You're so, so wrong. wrong. How? How is? Name me a Foo Fighters song that's rock and roll. Like "Learning to Fly" is not a rock and roll song in my opinion. It's a good rock song. It's an awesome rock song. It's not a rock and roll song. And I don't think anything oh, about the Foo Fighters embodies the rock and roll essence. What? And you're saying that? Where's Oasis the drugs? Where's the sex? Harder? Where's the? Are you crazy? Oasis was like notorious for the amount of cocaine and shit that they would do. Those guys, that whole third record, the whole third record was Noel hates it because they were blasted. They were snowblind the whole time making that record. There's 64 <laughs> guitar tracks on. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Because they were just so fucked up on drugs the whole time recording the thing. Wow. Monkey wrench, not a rock song. That's more punk than it is. My rock. hero isn't a rock mm, song. My hero. It's is my hero. It's not rock and roll, man. Rock and roll embodies a feeling of like. Fun. But it, oh my the, god, the have best, you ever seen okay. the best, the best, best of the you? Best of you. Yes. Have you been to a Foo Fighters concert before? I'm not saying, look, I'm not have saying, you been no, to, I haven't. There you go. You don't know what you're talking about. I couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> In fact, I would say that the Foo Fighters are more a rock and roll band than Oasis. Not just. Uh, further along in their career, but they are a bigger rock band, a hundred percent. And if you saw them I, I, live, look, Dave Grohl falls off a stage, breaks his goddamn leg. <laughs> what does he do? He gets up. They put him in a chair. He plays the rest of the show sitting in a chair. Do they cancel the tour? No. He continues to play shows with a giant cast. It's sure. crazy. That that's pretty rock and roll. That yeah. move right there. Shh. But Jesus, I, he was in Nirvana, man. And Nirvana is not a rock and roll band. Okay, well. It's this, this definition of Just because they didn't the, hate each other. They didn't no, hate each other and no, get like... It's they not, weren't it's, they it's, were it's, married it's, with wives and families that they liked? Is that what No, no, no. Was? Okay, rock and roll has a specific <laughs> essence to the music. It, it, one, yeah. you know, if you look at a band like Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin, there's a certain swagger in their music. Nirvana was a grunge band. It was sad. The music was depressing. It was. It, it took like I'm not saying they're not a great rock band, but it's not rock and roll. Rock and roll is about the attitude, it's the swagger, it's the sex, it's the lifestyle. And the Foo Fighters don't embody that type of music to me. They're an awesome rock band, but they don't have rock and roll. They don't have the roll because like, they didn't beat each other up. It's, it's that's the, the only thing that's different. It's not the beating each other up. It's, it's not like Noel Gallagher's notorious for being like a huge, uh, you know, swinging his dick around and banging tons of women. No, but it was it was yeah. it was other the, than them fighting. What did they have? 
Liam Gallagher. Well, Britpop was humongous at the time. Yeah, Liam Gallagher. They were fashion icons in the in the late '90s and during that whole Britpop period. Um, and it was Liam Gallagher's swagger. It was the attitude. Of- fashion icon is a category that you think you have to have checked off in order to be truly rock and roll. Uh, I think it's pretty important when you're talking about rock and roll, yeah? Rock and roll doesn't care about what they look like, in my mind. Yeah. Think, uh, Dave Grohl wears whatever the fuck he's wearing that day. He doesn't, he's so not like, then I need a pea coat to go with my guitar as I we're stand talking, on stage. If we're talking about like fashion, then Aerosmith would be Aero, rock and roll? 100%. Yeah. Rock and roll, Led right. Zeppelin, yeah. Stones, all that's rock and roll. But you're talk, when you're talking about bands like... Stone or Stone Temple Pines would be the closest one. Scott Whalen was a total rock star, and some of their stuff was heavily influenced by Zeppelin. They had rock and roll stuff. But if you went to a song like Creep or like Sex type thing, that was that wasn't exactly rock and roll. Whereas Interstate Love Song, that's a rock and roll song. Like there's a distinction between the the chords you're using, the sound of it, All like right. the lyrics. We're gonna agree to disagree on okay. this one. Okay. Like uh, even Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. He's not a rock and roll artist, but that song is rock and roll. Mm. Oh, so now you're saying Harry Styles is rock and roll, but the Foo Fighters are. I'm, oh I'm saying Harry Styles has so, a lot more rock and roll swagger, and that one particular song oh. was a rock and roll song in comparison to the Foo Fighters. I'm not saying they're a better rock band, or the the Foo Fighters aren't a great rock rock band, because they, they are. But rock and roll is completely different from just rock. Mm-hmm. You'll never change my mind. <laughs> I, I look, that's why I say we're going to agree to disagree. I yes. mean, I guess you'd say Post Malone is more rock and roll than the Foo Fighters then. Uh, in terms of his swagger and how he yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I, in that sense, yeah. Musically, I wouldn't call his music rock and roll, but in terms of his attitude, yes. Oh my God. Why do you got to classify people like this? Why can't you just love everyone? I would say go see them live before you rule them out, man, because that's one of the best rock and roll shows I ever saw was the Foo Fighters, and I've seen them multiple times. They're just that Dave Grohl's energy and is like, it is the purest form of rock and roll I've ever seen exhibited in front of me. And yep. I've seen Robert Plant and I've seen Tom Petty and I've seen Neil Young and I've seen all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the way Dave Grohl works the crowd and plays that guitar. Is he and like running perform- around? Running around. Running around. Like a huge, sure. you know, uh, catwalk. What do you call those runways? He's yeah. just running down the Just runway. running back and forth. So what happened Jamming. when he broke his leg? He like dove into the crowd or he I slipped? I think he fell off the stage. I think he took a wrong a, step. Oh, I kind of forget geez. how it went down, but I think it, was, it wasn't like it was some epic. He climbed the scaffolding and jumped off and the crowd just moved away. That's the worst. Worst when yeah, that yeah. happens. No, I just remember seeing him in that chair and he actually had to have the leg elevated. Yeah. So it looked like it was probably like a femur bust. It was a serious injury. Jesus. And he kept yeah. going. Yeah. You he know? Ke- he kept going. Fuck. Your body's going through shock. You know when but you sorry, like... sorry, he wasn't wearing a fancy outfit, Bundes. <laughs> he didn't trip over his coattails. <laughs> <laughs> Or bandanas dangling from the microphone stand. I think what upsets me about Oasis is they have that pretension, you know, Mm. Uh, and the haircuts and the, oh, you know, oh, I was so fucking great. That's the problem is that uh, Dave Grohl's too likable. He's too likable for you. He does seem very likable. He's not aloof enough. He isn't Scott Weiland enough. He isn't, you know, Liam Gallagher. I think Dave Grohl's awesome. I think he's an awesome dude. I'm not trying to take away anything from his music or his musicianship or his great live show. Linkin Park is another great example I've seen. Those guys live a bunch of times. They're a great rock band. They put on a hell of a show. But I would not classify their music as rock and roll. I would not classify them as a rock and roll band. I used to have a boss that referred to Linkin Park as being um, like a boy band with guitars. 
cars. <laughs> That's what he used to say. It's so funny how some people like, you know, listening to you talk about why uh, the Foo Fighters aren't rock and roll, but Oasis is. It reminds me of sitting in meetings with old bosses who always had these like things they could never explain uh, or musically musically yeah Mm. like i had this one boss and he's like you know that's why you could play led zeppelin rock and roll after pink floyd but you could never play ramble on because of you know like they'd always come up with these crazy (laughs) stupid theories that didn't make sense to anyone but themselves right to justify why they were so smart at this thing versus that and uh I think people read into stuff too much. I think you're reading into it too much. Just Bond. play just the hits. I really don't think so. Rock is generally harder and up, more upbeat. Yeah, but for you to say Harry Styles is more rock and roll than the Foo Fighters, you've completely lost me. You've I, completely lost me. I am saying his his style and the way he carries himself. Yes, he, he has and better that one style. Particular he song. has better style than Dave Grohl from a fashion standpoint. That's the only thing I'll give you there. Yeah. So what? But that's what I said. I said his persona yeah, but, but if, and his one you, song, "Watermelon Sugar," has more rock and roll. The the classic term of what rock and roll embodies more of a down, more of a downbeat, danceable kind of song with okay. certain lyrics yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I don't want you to have to rehash everything. But uh, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> rock yeah. and roll. Uh, he would be more, yes, more on the lines of rock and roll. Oh, but he just wears a white t-shirt and jeans. And, oh, or, whatever. Or, a, or, a, or a denim shirt. He wore a denim he's shirt. So like handsome. He's, he just dresses like a, you know, somebody who's uh, 60 something. Yeah, but his music is more with exceptions, but like a lot of his songs are upbeat and they have a rock and roll feeling. Tom Petty, learning to fly, different like rock and roll. It's upbeat. The Beatles, upbeat. Oasis, you can sing these crowds or you can sing these songs live in a stadium <laughs> and it's like these choruses that are designed Designed for or like dancing. Okay, there's certain characteristics. Pearl Jam. Man. Pearl Jam. Oh my Pearl God. Jam is not a rock and roll oh band. So <laughs> they're a grunge. They're an, they're an alternative grunge band. Just the same way that I would say Morrissey and the Smiths are an alternative band. They're not a rock and roll band. Depeche Mode is not a rock and roll band. It's not the same type of music. It's a completely Nickelback. Nickelback is a rock band. Okay, they play hard rock mostly. <laughs> they have rock and roll characteristics, but I would not consider them to be one of the greatest rock and roll bands. No, well, no, not one of the greatest rock and roll bands. We're just defining whether they're rock and roll or not. Uh huh. I feel like you should give them to me, and then I'll guess and see if I know Bundus's algorithm. Okay, okay. Okay, give uh, me a band, and I'll you tell me if I'm right or wrong, Bundus. Okay. <laughs> the band is called. Limp Biscuit, Maura. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Yeah, they did it all for the Nookie in the 1990s. That is not a rock and roll band. That's correct, Maura. That is not a no, rock and roll. That band. is not rock and roll. No. Okay, you get that oh, one right. Yeah. Okay. Here's a tougher one. Okay. Here. All right. And uh, we're not denying that they could fit into the rock and roll category, but are they rock and roll? The band is Blink 182. What's Bundes gonna say, Maura? Not rock and roll. Correct. Not rock and roll. Oh, yeah. I'm getting all these. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because Bundes says the last great rock and roll band was Oasis. The last real rock and roll band was Oasis. But I'm going to pick a band that is still playing sometimes. Okay. And I think he's actually going to say they're rock and roll, but I could be wrong. Okay. Queens of the Stone Age. What is what is Bundes gonna say about Queens of the Stone Age, Mora? Not a rock and roll band. 
You're gonna well, they're a, a rock and roll band, but are they rock and roll? Yeah, they're not, not. Not rock You're and roll. You're gonna say not they're rock and roll. Now I think Bundes has kind of caught himself. <laughs> I, I actually think that he's thinks they're rock and roll, one. but now he's battling whether or not he can go back on what he said. I I I do think they're a rock and roll band. Um, oh. I don't think they are as culturally significant and as great as Oasis. So I stand by my original statement, but they are. I would consider them a rock and roll band. Okay. Yes. So they're rock and roll. Oh, so you're wrong about uh, that I'm wrong one. about that one. You're wrong about that one. Big okay. no, no. Uh, what about Tool? Ooh, They've got Tool. some very aggressive music. Love Tool. I love Maynard James Keenan. Um, I love A Perfect Circle. I wonder if your answer would be different if I said A Perfect Circle versus Tool. But moron. Tool. I'm going to say Tool is not a rock and roll band. I would agree. Yes. It's not a rock and roll. Wow. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your definition of rock and roll is so <laughs> fucked. I, <laughs> it's very I simple, man. It's, it's a tight group. It's a tight group. Uh, yeah, but you're, 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 you contradict yourself, I think. But anyway, how about? Oh, another one. Green right. Day. Uh, Green, Green Day. Day. Punk band. I mean, I'm sure a lot of punk fans might not even call them a punk band. Right. By their standards, because they're too popular. I'm going to say they are not a rock and roll they're band. They're not rock and roll. Not a rock and roll band. Wow. Oh, right, yeah. Right. Give, give me one that you think is a rock and roll band. Okay, I got a perfect one for you. Okay. And uh, <laughs> believe it, they're still making music to this day. Okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh, oh, the chili shit. Peppers. Now we did it. Oh, Anthony yeah. Kiedis. Are you fucking kidding that me? That guy, guy is so rock and roll. fucking shirt Flee. Off. Flee. Mr. Rock and Roll. I mean, you don't call your lead guitarist Flea when you're not a rock and roll band. Um, yeah, I yeah, am yeah. going to He's say... He's up there, a band where you can literally... Okay, yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to say those motherfuckers play rock and roll, baby! Yeah! They don't play rock and roll. They play oh. funk. Oh, they play funk. Oh, shit. I knew it was it was rooted in something other than like the limp biscuit. But Harry Styles is that <laughs> you're so it's getting wrong. so worked up. What about okay, one more, one more before one more. we go. Oh, before shit. we move on to the daily take two. You two. You two? Oh. I mean, they were rock and roll right up until they gave everyone an album for free. In but but you know. Would they? Bono with the hair and you the got, glasses. You got at least two guys who go by only one name, and you know them synonymously. The Edge. You say Bono, you say Edge, you know exactly who we're talking about. Just like Flea. I am going to say that U2 is a fucking rock and roll band. Yeah, he's going to say no. Uh, in U2's case, I actually think they embody rock and roll. Yeah! Although... Although they, yes. oh, yeah, it, it would it's 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 a little more alternative. It's not your classic blues variation of rock right. and roll, but there is a lot of rock and roll characteristics in the way Edge plays guitar using heavily delayed modified stuff, and mm-hmm. the way Bono kind mm-hmm. of act like it, it. They embody rock and roll, hundred percent. Yeah, I did it. I did. You I did won. It. I totally you did won. a pretty good job. <laughs> if there was a prize, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be winning it. Yeah. 
Kings of Leon? <laughs> Kings of Leon would be a rock and roll band, yes. Oh, yeah? Yes, they would be a rock and roll band. Mm, oh. I see that. So now you're talking style of music has to have blues roots. 100%. That's what rock and roll is. If it doesn't have blues roots, it's not rock and roll. Well, not, yeah, but uh, Wonderwall? Are you kidding me? Everything Oasis does is predicated on the Beatles. All of their riffs, all of their notations, yeah. all the blues pentatonic skills that they run, it's all based on the blues. Yeah, but that's because the Beatles were influenced by... But that's what rock and roll is, man. Rock yeah. and rolls came from the blues, so you can't play rock and roll without the blues in your rock and roll. Like, rock is totally different from rock and roll. And once mm. you get that, then you understand where I'm coming from. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to live in the dark, I guess, because I don't know if I'll ever understand how... You're going to have to figure it out, man. You can be rock and roll playing rock music. Like, Dave Grohl can, is pretty rock and roll, but the Foo Fighters <laughs> as a band are not a rock and roll band because mm. they don't play the blues. Uh, ah. Aren't you sad you kicked it off with Oasis? Look what that you was started. A mistake. That was a <laughs> mistake. We started. We're going to have a whole other conversation. <laughs> and then we just got like consumed with, you know. All this stuff. All this nonsense. Ridiculous. Isn't it great, though? That we can have such lively discussions about music. Well, if anyone's still listening, the Take Two <laughs> podcast is next. No. You haven't shut it off yet. If Fundus <laughs> hasn't offended you and your sensibilities, <laughs> hang on for the Daily Take Two. You're right. Okay. And uh, hopefully, if uh, depending when you're listening to this, the uh, Leafs are still playing in the playoffs. Right. But... This is being recorded on Monday, May 31st, Game 7 against the Habs. Go Leafs, go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How many people have been involved in a polyamorous relationship? Okay, what's polyamorous? Well, did you see the movie Vicky Cristina Barcelona? With yeah. you got your Javier Bardem, and he's got a relationship going on with his ex-wife Penelope Cruz, and then Scarlett Johansson comes to the into the picture as well, and they all kind of live together for a while, and they're each having sex with each other and each having an, a, an emotional connection with each other. It's not swinging. It's not the same as an open relationship. Polyamorous, polyamorous relationships are more emotional relationships, uh, and they're not just based on sex, but there's sex there as well. And 10% of North Americans have been involved in this kind of relationship, my friends. Okay. 20% of us say we'd be interested in going down that road. 30% of us who have been in that relationship would do it again. 
See, that sounds like a lot, though. One relationship is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I could see someone wanting just to have sex on the side. Without the emotional with, baggage. Without all the headaches. <laughs> 33% you know? said they couldn't handle the emotional minefield. Yes, that's of, what I'm saying. Of yeah. multiple relationships going you on. You could convince me to um, have an open marriage way quicker than you could uh, have a polyamorous marriage. Really? I'd rather have a polyamorous one. Like, yeah. I'd rather have an emotional connection with the person uh, I'm hooking up that, with because ooh. that's a deeper hookup right there. That's the problem. That's the issue I would have. <laughs> I, to me, like, open relationship is just about scratching an itch. Right. You know? Polyamorous, it's like you want the whole you kit want the and caboodle. You want the whole thing. You want the highs yeah. and the lows. You guys are thinking about it the wrong way. You just got to be friends with benefits with everybody in your life. That's right. You're right. You know, because it's good to have some emotional, like, uh, you know, connection. Friends and benefits isn't polyamorous, though. It kind of is. You're not saying I love you. No, but you're not like obliged to buy them a present on their birthday and celebrate Valentine's Day and do all that other stuff. Polyamorous relationship, you would go out in public and be like, this is my girlfriend. Yeah. Or or this is my wife. Whereas friends with benefits, you'd treat them just like a friend on the outside. Yeah, that's not true. I've I've, like, I've had multiple friends with benefits at once and I've gone out on dates with them. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a relationship. Polyamorous is you're having like a full on relationship with them saying, I love you, all that stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you got to dial it back a bit yes. and just keep it at that like fun, yeah. lighthearted stage. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. get into the the whole, you know, let's look at bills together and talk about our future together. <laughs> yeah, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like you're not having good sex once yeah, you get yeah. to that point anyway. We're keep keep the it way back there. Thing, okay. We're saying the same thing. Okay. Yeah, you don't get those headaches together. Yeah, they don't make the beneficiary list on your, you know, death certificate or whatever. Uh, 20% of us say, you know, we've been in that kind of relationship before and I was too jealous to be able to do it again. That's the other thing. You got to be okay with letting go and letting your person that you have an emotional connection with have an emotional connection with somebody else. Yeah, I'd rather Deb just be on a business trip and have sex with a guy than her, like, <laughs> go to a movie with him and have a great combo and have amazing times. He really makes her laugh, though. You should see her yeah. laugh when she's with oh. him. Just lets her hair down. Yeah. She's like a different woman. Oh, that, that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. That would be tough. Right? Yeah, yeah. All oh. right. Buying new clothes for him, are you? <laughs> oh, look at how dressed up you get when you go out on a date with him versus me. All that stuff, yeah. By the way, monogamy was still the most prized type of romantic relationship also in this study. a difficult relationship to have as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy 95.3, it is Tucker and Mora. I almost think that you have to, um, your brain has to work differently if you're going to get away with a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. We're getting a lot of texts, a lot of people talking about open marriages where you get to have sex with other people. I think that's a lot easier to pull off than a polyamorous relationship because, I mean, jealousy how do you avoid jealousy? How Humans are jealous by nature. Mm-hmm. And to not feel jealousy, I feel like you have to have like just a, one little switch in your brain turned off. It doesn't feel natural to me. Just like monogamy can be challenging and how you, you might have the desire to have sex with multiple people. You don't because you want your relationship to stay intact and you don't have those, you know, freedoms mm-hmm. established. But uh, yeah, I think that would be a real tough one. Chris uh, wanted to let us know what was going on. Uh, He has experience with this. What's going on, Chris? 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just the jealousy portion of the the whole thing. It's going to come up. It's it's something that happens regardless of you know. You, mine's not not shut off. Um, That's right. There has I to still, be jealousy unless your jealous. brain doesn't work uh, like everybody else's. You know. Right. Um, so jealousy does happen, and I mean it's a big conversation in the the polyamorous community um, around jealousy and how different people deal with those things. It's a lot more about communication around the emotions that are involved than than probably in a lot of monogamous relationships because you don't have to talk about those things as mm. much, right? So you're saying the jealousy is normal, it's not a bad thing, and it sparks a conversation and to make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been with my wife for 20 years, and we didn't open anything up until the last five or six, I would say especially for men um, going into an open relationship scenario, it's far easier for women to find, you know, dates and this and that than it is for the men. Oh, yeah. yes, for sure. So I had to really, um, really... Up your game, up your game. That's what you're saying. <laughs> you had game, to yeah. go to the gym and buy some new clothes. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had some game. I mean, I'm a personal trainer too, so oh. I, I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like body image was a, an issue, but uh, apparently my game is weak. Um, <laughs> okay, so she's she's having all these relationships, and uh, and you're not right, right. Um, so that was in the first the first while. I mean, I've I've had some uh, some relationships since then, um, but it is again, it's far easier for her. And then even when I had relationships, um, jealousy came up, yeah, obviously, and. We just had good, solid conversations about it. And then you talk about where the jealousy is coming from, because obviously there's some insecurities or those feelings of, you know, not getting enough attention. And when you're yeah. having those kinds of conversations, you're, you're, you know, developing a need plan with, with your partner. Do you, so that uh, do you establish a schedule with her? Like Saturday nights are our night and uh, Sunday nights for the uh, boyfriend, girlfriends and... Uh, not necessarily. It depends on, on kind of what's going on and what's happening. And if, you know, um, but if, if there's ever a time where I feel like, you know, she's not spending enough time with me or giving me enough attention, then I'll certainly voice those things. And what if her boyfriend had tickets to a Jays game and you had tickets to a Jays game, you both invited her out to the game. Uh Both seats are about the same quality. What happens then? Um, well, I guess then she just goes with whoever she wants. I mean, realistically, it's a Jays game. It's not like a like a <laughs> night out at the... It's not an all-inclusive resort for seven days. Right. I get it. Hey, thanks a yeah. lot, Chris. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, have a good one. I love you guys. Thanks. Tucker and Mora. We're just talking about polyamorous relationships. That's kind of relationship that you have with uh, when you're, say, if you're in a marriage... As an example, uh-huh. it's like not just sleeping with somebody else outside of the marriage. That it's would like, be open. That would be an open marriage. Polyamorous is like you're saying I love you to that person and going out on dates. And you have an emotional connection. Yeah, it's the whole package. Yes. Everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fighting, the loving, the <laughs> you name it. And they're on the rise. Like a lot of more people are getting interested in these different types of relationships. It's not just about monogamy anymore. We just can't see how it would work with jealousy being... Being a factor. Got a text from the 519, another person who says it works really well. I'm sorry I'm at work. I can't call in, but my partner and I have been together for years. We've been polyamorous our whole relationship. And honestly, seeing your partner with somebody else 
is a turn on. The sex only gets better in our experience, and love is infinite. It should just keep growing, not divided. Okay. It's all about who you surround yourself with. We've seen people where it didn't work, but that doesn't mean it never works. Yeah, just like there are some people who want to sit in the corner of their bedroom and watch their wife have sex (laughs) with another man. I know in that particular relationship it might work, but that is not the norm. You need to be a special kind of person to be able to do that. It also helps to foster the value of what you have with your original partner. Once you get out into the dating world, you can see how good you've got it back at home with your primary partner. And the extra sex is just a bonus. Sam wants to weigh in on this. What's going on, Sam? Hi. I was just listening to you guys talk about open relationships and I'm totally with you, Tucker. Be tough, like, right? I mean, I, I think open relationships, if we just define it by having sex with other people, I think that could work a lot easier than a polyamorous relationship where you have like a deep, meaningful connection with that other person. I see what you're saying, but oftentimes it could start out as just sex and then it always turns into something else. Like, I always think it's hard to separate the feelings of sex and actually liking somebody, so... I mean, I have experience with the whole thing, and it really didn't work out. Yeah, were you both on board with it? We were both on board, but uh, it kind of went how Bunda said, where she was going out to restaurants with him that I had never been to, (laughs) that he had never taken me to. Really? Yeah, and, like, even, like, going to the movies, like, we were together for a long time, and, like, we hadn't been to a movie for, like, 10 years, and now he's taking her to these movies, and it just, it didn't work out in the end, and I've seen it happen with a couple of friends, too, and it just, I've never seen it work out. So, how did it end? Like, is he with her now? Well, we're divorced, yeah. He still sees her. Mm. She actually has a husband. Oh, so she's in an open relationship as well. She is as well. So oh, yeah. I guess that aspect is working out for them, but it just wasn't. I'm like the most jealous person in the world, so I don't know why I ever thought that would work. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging for sure. Hey, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day, guys. It is Tucker and Mora. I just want to take a moment to thank the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey organization for providing lots of content for us to watch. Uh, I have uh, received word from the inside that this is all strategy. The fact that they are now going to be playing in a game seven <laughs> against a team that arguably uh, should have been out in five games. Oh, um, boy. It's, it's their effort to make sure that during this state of lockdown, all their fans have lots of television to watch well, and lots of game action. We appreciate that. Yeah, man. right? Because they could have easily, you'd think, you know, with like this, all the stars on the team, they could have gone and just wiped Montreal off the map, uh, but then we'd be like sitting here going, when's this series against Winnipeg going to start <laughs> and we'd have nothing to do, but here we are Monday night, May 31st, we can look forward to a hockey game. Yeah. Even before there's like a second round. Look, that's a lot of... It's a lot of content they're giving us. It's a lot. I do have a solution for what needs to happen. Because I am being, uh, obviously, I'm being uh, sarcastic when I say the team has been dragging this out on purpose to give us more hockey games to watch. They're crumbling and falling to pieces. Mm -hmm. And I have the solution. Okay. Have you seen the movie Moneyball? Yes. Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill? Yeah. They reinvented the way 
that organizations built baseball teams. Mm-hmm. I, in this case, I'm Jonah Hill. I'm the smart guy who never really played the game, uh-huh. but I am a fan of the game, and I have a different approach for how this is all going to work. Some of these players make so much money, and it doesn't matter at all what they do in the postseason to earn that money. Like, yeah, they might get bonuses after, mm-hmm. but they got to start paying people based on their post-game performance and not so much on like the regular season. You know what else well, don't they, they need? Don't they get bonuses? That's the thing that yeah, I'm... Yeah, they get some bonuses, but I'm just... Most of these players make all their money before the postseason even happens. It doesn't even matter. And then it, the postseason happens, and then it's like, oh, well, in the end, they're still going to walk away with all their cash. Mm-hmm. You know what they need? This is going back to a really old movie that was about sales, but they need a sign on the coffee machine that says, Coffee's for closers! <laughs> That's what they need in the locker room! Coffee's for closers! Don't they drink Gatorade? You know what I mean? You could, you could have the best sales rep in the world at getting leads and building up all these relationships, but if they can't close, what's the point? That's a really good Coffee's point. Coffee's for closers! Yeah, 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 yeah. $10 million salaries should be for closers! <laughs> Not for showmen and October and in January uh-huh. for closers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling you. It's ridiculous. I'm feeling you right now. What? You know who's closing? The Montreal Canadiens are closing. <laughs> They're getting the coffee. Well, don't jump the gun. We got tonight. The Leafs haven't won a Game 7 since uh, 2004. I think the last seven appearances they've made in a Game 7 they've blown. They, they suck. I, I hate them. <laughs> This is getting worked up. I can watch any sporting event, and whether my team is winning or losing, I can enjoy the game. Ah, We didn't get that one. When I watch the Leafs, I yell at the TV the whole time. (laughs) Because that last game, man, it was like watching a bunch of kids playing against the Canadians. And then in the last, you know, seven, eight minutes of the game of the third period, they decided to wake up. And then they come out in overtime, and they're on fire. Montreal can't even touch the puck. Right. One screw up, Montreal one shot wins the game. It's infuriating. Why couldn't you play like that from the beginning of the game? Why don't you want to win? You know why? Where's the heart? They're Where's already, the heart? They're already millionaires <laughs> for all the work they did getting to the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I don't. I get. Look, we can't change the contracts that are in existence right now. We can't change the way we pay them for now. But we can put a sign on that damn coffee machine that says "Coffee's for closers." Coffee's for closers. <laughs> Guys, you again, get your coffee somewhere else. <laughs> Pay for it. You need the Gatorade version of that. I don't think there's... Gatorades for closers too, Mara. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you want your equipment cleaned for the next game? Yeah, cleanings for closers. <laughs> You're gonna wear dirty equipment. <laughs> Everything's for closers. All right. You want a parking spot? <laughs> you better close tonight. <laughs> Parking spots for closers. That's right. That's right. Should parents have the choice to enroll their kid in the same grade next year? Some experts and parents are thinking that this school year's uh, been pretty much a write-off, friends. And maybe if I could put my kid back in the same year next year, we could catch up. And is there a stigma around that? And does it really matter if a kid stays back a year and graduates a year older? Like, does that really matter in the long scheme of things? I know a lot of people in the States will hold their kids back and enter them later just for sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, right. seriously. Yes. Not a joke. That happens a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you want your kid to be the biggest on the football team. 
And so hold them back a little bit. Do they lie about age? Is that what they do? I don't know how all that works, to be honest with you. But I can tell you that I repeated grade nine. Not by choice. <laughs> uh, back in a time when uh, they would force you to repeat the year if you yeah, didn't do enough. That's right. I like basically F'd the D for an entire year and it uh, came back to haunt me. Uh, the problem with this, I would think, is that if you had too many people who are willing to put their kid in the same grade again, mm-hmm. is that all of a sudden now you have like too many kids Mm-hmm. So where do those new students go if there's no room in the classes? So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how you would do it unless you did it with everybody or it was just a few people that decided to go down that road. Well, experts say there's a stigma too and that that can have some problems socially. Like, do you remember when you missed that year? Yeah. How was that on your mental health? Like, it did was, that uh, suck so the much? The first week of school sucked. Oh, no. Going back in, first day of school. Minor niner. Like, here I am, the loser who didn't go to grade 10. I'm still in grade 9. It was a little challenging at first, but I'll tell you, the friends that I met by you know entering that second year of grade 9 are still the friends I have to this day. And I was pretty young. I was like the youngest of my class oh, and so pretty immature prob- on top of that. Right. It was, looking back on it, the right move, yeah, but difficult at the time. But I don't did know they, how you do that with an entire school full of kids. Did they call you old man? Old man Tucker. <laughs> hey, hey Tucker, can you go buy us cigarettes? <laughs> did they call you dad? I think that would be fun. All the names they could call you. <laughs> yeah, no, they that. no, they had other ways of making fun of me. Oh, okay. Just my last name alone, you can imagine, Tucker, right. what you could do with that. You could do a lot of things with that. 77% of parents, by the way, think the pandemic has made the next generation stronger and more resilient. Is the end of the stigma around cannabis finally here? Many think it could be because of the sales of stoner bling. Stoner bling sales. What's stoner bling? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Is that an edible? No. Is it a type of edible? (laughs) No, uh, no, no. 20 grams of the stoner bling. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's accessories for the cannabis fan that used to be something you might not want to have on display. But now since weed is legal, you might splurge on something for your shelf. And they're finding more and more people are doing this, which are leading experts to believe that maybe the stigma is over. God, I I remember just being so excited anytime I got like uh, liquor memorabilia that I could put up in my apartment. Oh, like what do you mean? Like an old well, bottle or something? No, like um, I had in my university apartment, we had this banner roll uh-huh. for, uh, it was Di Sarono. <laughs> I've never, never actually <laughs> had is, it in my, I don't even Di know. Sarono? Di, Di Sarono. Do you know what that is, Manis? It's a liquor. I, yeah, what I, what I, is I, it? I've had it before. What I don't is, even is it like a Tia like Maria? I don't cognac? know. Cognac? What is it? I don't know what it is. It's like, it's, it's a liqueur. It's like something I would uh, never drink. Right. But I had this banner roll, and it was essentially, it lined the top of our apartment, the top foot of it. Like wallpaper. Like wallpaper, just the top foot, and it went all the way around. And it was like cool, because it's like, oh yeah, that's booze. Right, yeah. I got booze on the walls, yeah, you know. If me, you had a- me and Di Sarono. We're tight. We're tight. Okay, so this is a little bit different. Fans yeah. of cannabis are now buying, like, 
$800 bongs designed by artists, $600 bespoke tabletop lighters, $300 vanity trays for, you know, when you're rolling a joint. They want to elevate the experience. Even mainstream mainstream retailers like Urban Outfitters are getting on board, selling high-end grinders, high-end lighters, high-end stash boxes, so you can store your cannabis in a sexy box. Yeah, but what I want to know is when the real stigma is going to end when you go to like a party, like a dinner party or something. Mm. And uh, instead of bringing a bottle of wine for the host, you bring a jar of cannabis or something. I've seen people do that. Mm-hmm. People's house we were going to, they enjoy the odd joint. Okay, perfect. And so my buddy uh, brought like a little uh, thing of weed for them nice. instead of a bottle of wine. Uh, but there th- is still a stigma. Like, I, you mm-hmm. know, I don't want my kids' friends to see me, you know, smoking off a joint mm-hmm. in the neighborhood if I'm at the park mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, it's changing. I mean, are you okay with a kid's friend seeing you have a sip of wine? I yeah, mean, of course. Yeah, the that's, hope uh, is that I is get that, the iron or the uh, hypocrisy there, but. right? Vape connoisseurs, Bundes will like this, are buying like signature vaporizers made of twenty-four karat gold that cost yeah, almost a thousand dollars. But it's becoming these luxury products that people want to buy because they feel like the stigma is coming to an end, and it's okay to have a fancy bong on your coffee table, especially if it's designed by an artist. Right? I guess the problem that with that is that the fancy bong is going to be filled with the most disgusting water at the <laughs> bottom of it. You know? Well, maybe when you have a bong like that, you empty out the water more frequently. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just let it get to be like extreme skunk water. You oh, know? yeah. The, the bong's <laughs> getting back to the university apartment. <laughs> so gross. Somebody had a bong in their place. Oh. That water wasn't changed that often. And if someone knocked it over and it fell on the oh. carpet. <laughs> So gross. I don't know. What's grosser, a university bong or university bed sheets? Oh, (laughs) both terrible. Yeah. Both terrible. It's Tucker and Mora in the morning. Energy 95.3.